Hi everyone, welcome to Type Talks. Today we're talking about the SE blind spot in the INFP and the INTP. And so Christian, would you like to tell us a bit about you? Hi, I'm Christian. Um, I'm an INFP and um, I do research on um, the African diaspora, the Spanish empire and the Atlantic world in the early, in the early modern period. Cool. And Spacey? I'm Spacey. I study typology. I have a YouTube channel where I occasionally post videos about typology. And I also offer typing services. Uh, just hit up my channel. And my contact information will be on many of my videos. And I'm sure Joyce will put it down below. Awesome. My name's Joyce, and I'm a certified MBTI practitioner. And I facilitate the instrument and organizations. And so SE Polar, in Socionics, the INFP and the INTP have SE in their blind spot or their point of least resistance. And we're here to talk about it today. Christian and Spacey, what is your experience with the SE blind spot? It makes it really hard to begin things. Hmm. I have a complete and total lack of awareness of the real world. <laughs> That's essentially how it works There's for me. That. Yeah. Um, I'm fairly disconnected from reality. And I think um, my ADHD exacerbates that. So I'm very much more in my head than I am present um, or aware of what's going on around me. Um, so that's like the really big thing for how I experience SE blind spot. It is almost literally a blind spot because I'm not aware. Mm. Yeah, I think it, it produces in, in the INFP and the INTP both a very like, he said, <gasps> cerebral person who's like really, really stuck in their head mm -hmm. and totally tuned off to their external reality mm -hmm. um, at the extreme, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's definitely in our, like, in our unconscious. Um, so we're not very aware. It sort of like has control over us, then probably we have more control over it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Yeah, it seems like with the INFPs and the INTPs I invite on panels, they'll often talk to me about how it's hard for them to begin things in the real world. I noticed that they spend a lot of time ideating and brainstorming and coming up with ideas, mm -hmm. but it takes a long time for them to get into action and just doing it. Mm. Sometimes they never do with most things. A lot with mm -hmm. a lot of my friends who are INFPs or INTPs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Where does that come from? Oh, well, I, I, I would say for me, it comes from a couple things. I think that I, I think it comes a lot from perfection. Um, so um, I, the way I imagine things in my own mind um, is always perfect. And then because of experience, I know that 
if I try to implement that in the real world um, or take some action to do it in the real world, that it's not going to live up to how I envision it. So I just, I think I sometimes use that as an excuse to just not start anything or do anything. Cause I'd rather it, I'd rather the idea like maintain its purity um, than be like tainted <laughs> by real world practicalities. So, um, and also too, like, I think that um, I just, there's something comforting about um the way things exist in my mind. Um, I, 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 a lot of it I think is tied to just like not being disappointed um, that if things don't turn out the way that I would like them to. So there's like a sense of comfort in, in kind of saying, staying stuck in an idea or ideas and just kind of thinking about them. Um, I would say a lot of it is rooted in fear, <laughs> to be honest. I, I um just afraid. Um so yeah, that's why I tend to not do I have a hard time starting things a lot. Um I, I even to this day, like I I'm going to be applying to grad school later in the fall and I have all of I have things that I need to do um for my grad school applications, including a writing sample. And I have, I've been struggling even just recently these past few weeks of just trying, of just getting something down on paper. But like, I'm so in my mind about like how I want things to be that like, I'm afraid of just even putting something down on paper. So it's a, it's a constant struggle basically. <laughs> yeah, fear is a really interesting topic. It brings up this interesting interesting point of view where if you're experiencing inaction, consider that it might be fear-based. And so there's a fear that needs to be tackled there mm -hmm. as well. I noticed that with my IP friends, they tend to be really self-critical on themselves. Like whatever they produce, there's this mm -hmm. extreme self-critic. With one of my INFP friends, they're able to write such beautiful songs and poems, but they just never put themselves out there because they can always like beat themselves up for it. This goes for anyone who has self-esteem issues too, but it's, mm -hmm. it's like, I notice it with a lot of, especially INFPs, maybe INTPs don't voice it with me as often, but, but I noticed that with my INFP friends, no matter how great it is, the thing that they produce, they always beat it up like 10 times, 10 times, 10, and they find mm -hmm. a reason to not put themselves out there. And so I tend to be the sole witness or the sole fan of their creations very often with my friends who are that type. Not all INFPs, but I noticed that there is definitely a trend there. Mm -hmm. I think Absolutely. a lot of what you both said applies to INTPs as well. I think mm -hmm. both both types are super self-critical and hold yeah. themselves to like a really high standard, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. I like uh, what you said, Joyce, definitely resonated with that is something that I've been working through in therapy of not like being so self-critical. Um, I'm really critical of myself. And like I was watching, um, I, I felt so connected. I was watching it. Um, American Idol. Yes, it's one of my guilty pleasures. I was walking, watching American Idol the other day and a contestant, he did a fantastic job. Um, but at the very end of his song, um, 
he messed up a little bit and he started crying and um, the judges were like, why are you crying? He's like, I messed up. It wasn't perfect. And like that hit me so hard because I felt him on such a deep level because that's how I feel like if it like that's how I would feel in that situation and that's how I have felt in many situations like it wasn't perfect and so there it was awful and the judges were saying no 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 like like that lack of perfection is what makes it beautiful and what what makes it real and human and what makes it artistic and it just but he was like crying and crying he was you know he was receiving it well but like I I felt that so much and I, I really think that is definitely um uh, a, a trait in INPs, for sure. That's really interesting, Christian. And that's in stark contrast with the EJs. So mm. whenever I interview an <laughs> EJ, they're like, oh, it's good enough. I'll put it out there. Especially the ENTJs will say that, like, oh, it's good enough. They have SE2, and they're like, I'll just right. put it out there. While the INPs are like, it's not perfect then it's awful that like ergo it's awful and i'm like right, no right. just put it out there it's, it's such unhealthy like black and white thinking <laughs> like it's not perfect therefore it's bad like that's terrible that's it's not healthy well you know when you spend your whole life in search of perfection yeah that's, that's what happened basically um, but yeah I, I agree with pretty much everything i think se polar or i don't know if it's like that with any polar function or or any case of inaction i guess as you said joyce but it's pretty much either fear-based or laziness based 99 percent of the time mm -hmm. some theorists would argue that laziness comes from fear that you're not addressing right yeah i've heard that too yeah yeah i i, I would say that definitely um because it's not like because so so many instances in my life um especially like ADHD, like people who have ADHD, like get this a lot, like, oh, you're lazy, you don't care. But it's like, we actually care so much <laughs> that we're afraid to actually do something. Um, so because we have to have it perfect again, because like, we, you know, neurodivergent brains tend to be very like black, white thinking sometimes. So, um, so yeah, it's like, actually, it's because we care too much. <laughs> so there's a fear. So it comes off as laziness, like, oh, I don't care. But really, it's like, I've, I noticed, if I'm honest with myself, I noticed that I, that I intentionally use perfection as a roadblock, because I'm afraid of failure, or, you know, or even just the pressure of success. So, so yeah, it's it's definitely like a defense mechanism. I think in the case of the INTP, maybe um, the fear is largely based around lo looking incompetent. I think mm, we, I, we expect yeah. we expect like our uh, our skills to like match up with our knowledge, or like our bodies to to match up with our minds, and that never actually happens, as we know from experience. You know, so yeah. it's like we 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 hate looking like an idiot when we should know better. Um, yeah. I, I, I would say like I have a similar experience personally because I have an ESTJ mom. So having like TE dominant, like everything, like I think that probably contributed to my perfectionism. So like everything had to be done like a very specific and a very right way. And so like I've always felt really incompetent because I always I felt like 
because I, I would get chastised a lot for like not following directions, not following through on things, not doing everything exactly the way that um, I was told to do them. So I felt uh, like an idiot most of the time. So that like my one of my biggest fears has been looking incompetent because of my own childhood upbringing. Yeah, it seems like Christian, what you're talking about, too, is a lack of practical common sense. So it's like with day-to-day <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like yes. things, it seems like it oh. comes less naturally and you get shamed a bit for not being able to get those day-to-day things, like those sensory things. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, you hit the nail mm-hmm. right on the head. Oh, um, I, mean- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is why I, I, I bond so much with INTPs as well, because I feel like we're both, both types are like very impractical and don't have like a lot of common sense i guess you could say <laughs> i don't know like yeah pretty much no <laughs> i'm always accused of not having any common sense or i i used to be i guess i've gotten a lot better uh, in the last few years but yeah holy shit <laughs> so in what areas do you both struggle with common sense if you lead with introverted judgment your your sense can be in no way common Mm-hmm. that's my view of it at this point yeah is it because it's it's so subjective like it's yeah, individual exactly it's dependent on the each individual person's own personal values or own subjective principles yeah we actually have our own entire understanding of the world yeah like that's true that's yeah. so true and like i was like but wait like i understand it this way like why does the other way have to be the right way yeah <laughs> yeah the JI functions, they kind of have a mind of their own. They create their beliefs from the ground up. That's why right. it's normally associated with being individualistic mm-hmm. because it's self-made. <laughs> so right, right. when Jung says that the introverted functions are subjective, what Jung is saying is that they originate from the self. And so both the right. FI and the TI user are going to have beliefs that are very... Out there. Uh, Idiosyncratic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, idiosyncratic and out there, yep. Yeah, like, like I remember in Jung says in Psychological Types when he's talking about uh, the TI type, he says even if, like, the data is objective, like, even if the the um, TI type is um, observing um, or making some sort of judgment on, like, an objective, on objective data, like external empirical data, like, it's still refers back to his subjective interpretation of it so it does so it's not like just look like accepting it as is like it has to go fil- be filtered back in through the subject that is true mm. and this can cause them to sometimes clash with the tribe or with the group or with the crowd because mm-hmm. they might have an opinion that's different than the crowd Yeah. And this can cause a fear and paralysis too, because you're used to sometimes getting bad reactions from, from the people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it makes you hyper sensitive to those possible bad reactions. I think it's especially cute for INPs because we have SI. So I know it's like, I don't know, sometimes there's like, SI is not memory, but like, um, (laughs) but I mean, like, I think that like, there's still some sort of storing of past experience, I think, or at least like some subjective past experience in 
in consciousness or in the unconscious or whatever. So like, I think that we, so we have this store of knowledge of past experiences. So like, I think it's especially cute for us to like not say anything or maybe be shamed or not to like be as assertive about these idiosyncratic opinions or thoughts. Cause we just don't would rather not deal with the hassle of like having to explain ourselves or to be ridiculed. Right. So yeah, there kind of is a sense of if if we're not afraid of what's going to happen, there's pro it's probably the situation. I think it's probably about the same for both uh, both of us types, where it's like uh, I I know how this is going to go. Like I've mm -hmm. seen it all by now. I know how it's going to play out. I might as well not even bother. Mm -hmm. And that, yep. I think that is one side of SE Polar, maybe. Yeah. Like, because, like, you know, I, I guess people like SPs see each, like, situation as, like, as its own unit. Like, and is, like, and they're just focusing on, like, the now. So it's not like, well, this next moment could be different. Whereas, like, oh, SI, we're like, well, we've seen it all before where it could be different, but where maybe we don't take that into account. At the yeah. very least, we'll convince ourselves that it will never be different. Yeah, <laughs> I think, right. again, I think, yes, exactly. And I think that's also probably rooted in fear. Like we're afraid. So we just convince ourselves, well, it's, it's never going to change. So why bother? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lacking that SE, it makes you rely more on your SI, and your SI is like, well, the past was like that, so what gives you incentive that the future will be different than the past? And so right. it, it can cause a further inaction. Right, <laughs> well, there's exactly. There's so many compounding effects. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We just mm -hmm. sort of do this to ourselves. <laughs> uh-huh. And so let's say someone has an INFP or INTP in their life who is stuck in inaction. How would you help this individual get out of that? Or what has helped you that your friends have done or your, your spouse has done that has helped you grow that SC or, or make up compensate for the lack of SC? Hmm. Well, you have to get their interest. Hmm. Hmm. Something, something that just jerks them into uh focusing on something sort of against their will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say that as well. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get more specific than that, but like, you know, sometimes even when I was really depressed, like there were things that like I would get absorbed in. Yeah. I, I think like, I think maybe helping somehow the INP to tap into their extroverted functions. <laughs> so probably, I think the common answer would be tap into your NE so you can see other possibilities. Um, so I think that's, I think that's part of it. I think, um, I think the, the interest thing is really, in, is really on point though. Um, like, especially for me, um, like if I, I think, especially for probably for, anybody who has ADHD as well, which correlation and E and ADHD. But anyways, um, <laughs> it like, like 
if you're not like the, the, the again like the with ADHD there's the black and white thing like if you're not really interested in something like you just don't care about it at all so 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 that helps when you somehow try to make it like interesting or like try to like incorporate an IMP's like interest or passion um into whatever you know they you're trying to get them to do um but also I think maybe just a, a lot of it just is, I think, like internal work of just trying to um, do some like self-talk or self-soothing and saying like, it's not, it's not as bad as you think it is. Like, it, you know, you're competent and you can you can do whatever you put your mind to sometimes like i mean obviously it depends on the person sometimes like that kind of self-talk doesn't work for others but i think like it just learning how somehow to like reframe your mind to get the person to do to get the inp to take action or to do something yeah stuck. uh-huh because it can very easily just stay as an idea if they don't mm -hmm. take action yeah, mm -hmm. I noticed with extroverted intuition too, sometimes it's easy to avoid doing things because then you can just think of another path you could take. And then that path looks so attractive. And so you forget about the other one that you should probably follow through on. <laughs> There's an analysis mm -hmm. paralysis with NE, like, cause it's like, yeah. there are some, there are so many possibilities that you see that that can also lead to inaction because it's like, ah, uh, like, I don't know which path to take you know so that could be a problem i mean i i guess that a lot of it boils down to i think we also just need to be reassured with that any going on that like everything is going to be okay right again that we mm -hmm. can't handle things that we're yes. not going to be totally useless and incompetent and mess everything up and everything's going to be a train wreck yes 1000 percent agree with that like just i think for us like just knowing just telling us like everything's going to be okay. Like I even, one of my INFP friends, <laughs> she says, like, we have a little inside joke where, where she says, like, you're going to be okay, Patrick. <laughs> like it's, it's a quote from a TV show, but like, but just having that reassurance that we're going to be okay and that we're competent and smart enough that like, if things aren't okay, we'll be able to figure things out, like really goes a long way. So yeah, Spacey, that was like the perfect, perfect response. Yeah, that is definitely polar SE because the SE is like, I'll just figure it out as I go. I can adapt yeah. to the sensory environment. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Whereas for the IMPs, it seems like they lack the confidence that they can do the thing and figure it out as they go. It's yep. almost like they need, it's almost like you need to have it all figured out in advance. Yeah. Or you're gonna freak out. Yep. Exactly <laughs> I mean, it. I've found, and I don't know if this is like any second slot or or tapping into any or whatever it is, but it, the main attitude that I've found that helps me is. Let's see what happens next. It's it's the, the curiosity drive. That's mm -hmm. the thing that we have to live on when we're SE polar, basically, to, to keep us moving. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that because it then it, like, instills a sense of, like, maybe potential excitement or wonder. Like, oh, like, you know, let's, like, because that, that's, like, when I'm reading a book, like, that's what, like, propels me forward and sucks me in the book. It's like, well, what's going to happen next or with a TV show or whatever? So, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I understand that a lot of these things generally can apply for anyone watching. So we're saying these are patterns, not rules. 
So maybe you fit into this and you're a different type or you're an INFP or an INTP and you don't relate. This is more of a pattern rather than a, a need be rule, but this is definitely a thing. One of the tips that I would give for these two types, if you're a friend of these two types, is to just throw them into a situation before they're ready and you know they're <laughs> gonna be okay. <laughs> Sometimes they need someone to help them with the first step and then mm. they can take over from there. But the first step is always the hardest. Momentum is always the hardest. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. for ex example, with Spacey, I just put him on these videos and <laughs> he's just, He's like ice, <laughs> yeah. and it, it helps. It helps with his essay. Yeah, I like surprises. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, like a similar situation happened with me. Like Joyce, you know, I was like terrified to do the first video with you. Like I almost, I almost canceled like a couple hours before, um, but like I just had to get over you know, my hangups and just be like, if something happens, because like, I, I, you know, I, I know how notorious YouTubers and YouTube comments can be super critical. So I think that was a big fear for me. So, um, so I just had to like, get over the fact that like, if somebody says something, so what, or Joyce can like delete comments. And so just having that reassurance, <laughs> um, I was like, okay, and I did it. And like, it actually wasn't like, it wasn't nearly as scary as I thought it was. And I'm so thankful I did it because like, I got to meet people like Spacey or get to know like other um, people that I've done these with like Jamila or Paul Madsen or like a handful of other people. And I've had such wonderful conversations and like, I would never have, um, I would never have experienced these wonderful things if I didn't have that reassurance from Joyce that like I was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And this this tells a story about imposter syndrome. So mm. <laughs> a lot of people can suffer from imposter syndrome and it's feeling like you're not ready for it. You don't have the skill set or there's something missing from you from doing this properly. And the best way to overcome feeling like an imposter is experience. So exposure therapy. So just going out and doing it, doing the SE, <laughs> going out, just taking action, doing the thing. Yeah. Anyone can have imposter syndrome, but the SE pullers, I noticed a lot of them have it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because like, we're not like, we're not one to like jump into experiences. So like, like, again, I think it's particularly acute for us. Um, so, um, even though like anybody could do it, but like there's just a, a stronger propensity that we would more likely, IMPs would more likely do it. So yeah, but imposter syndrome is a big one as well. Definitely. That's a big one for me probably, yeah. Yeah. That's part of the reason it's so hard for me to make videos. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I know I don't see you post as much I anymore. I'm like, where are oh your good God, videos? What do you have to say that hasn't already been said? But um, I, I like them. Um. Uh, what else? I was going to say something. It seems like INFPs, for whatever reason, um, when compared to, to me at least, and a lot of other INTPs that I've met, they seem a little bit more self-conscious and, like, camera shy and, like, afraid to to put themselves out there, kind of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a, definitely a big thing. I, I, I'm not sure what that, what that is, like, compared to, like, INTPs. I think, I think it's because like it's probably our something to do with our feeling, right? Like we I like... think my my best theory on it is that with 
with the FITE axis going on, you're basically, you're more attached to the outcome of mm, what mm -hmm. happens. Mm. I, I think that's a good, yeah. That's a good theory. Sounds so crippling. It is. It, is. it really is. <laughs> I feel you guys. Yeah. I can at yeah. least detach that much. Yeah, because like I think like INTPs can detach a little bit more like from the self, so maybe they might not feel as self-conscious. I think honestly, ISTJs people may not realize it, but they have a little bit of a problem as well. But having that both FI and SI going on is like this double whammy of being like uber sensitive to like yes anything imaginable. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's exactly it, yeah. right? Because, like, I think, again, like, INTPs, like, kind of have a, a DGAF attitude sometimes. <laughs> They're, like, uh, even though they can be susceptible because of inferior FE to, like, criticism, but I think, like, they suppress it a lot more than we do. Yeah, so like, So, yeah. like, we, because of dominant FI, like, we, like, really internalize a lot of that, um, a lot of criticism, and we're particularly sensitive um take more stuff even, personally oh yeah yeah right because like everything is directly tied to us because of fi being so personal yeah, mm -hmm. yeah and so personal to the self it's tough be nice to them guys yeah that's be nice true to us. we have a rough when we're growing up <laughs> that's true i notice with blind spot se sometimes it can cause a staying in your head a lot so sometimes a lot of time can pass by and you still haven't gone towards something. Like there's a sort oh. of time blindness. Mm. Yeah. In... I'm so bad with time. Mm -hmm. Like really bad. <laughs> like I don't understand. It's like I have no concept of time. We work it's in terrible. We work in phases. It's like we. Yes. We, we go for we coast for a while and then we go and we're like oh my god time got away from us and then we run to catch up really fast and then we coast for a while again oh you know but yes i uh, that's i that's so funny because like i see my life in phases <laughs> like yeah. like right now i'm on a i'm in a particular phase i'm like kind of transitioning out of it but like after i graduated from law school and i realized i didn't want to be a lawyer like I, you know there's been a five-year phase where i've just been like like I've spent so much time, probably more than I should have because of fear, um, like really, really, really making sure that like I wanted to go to, to grad school to become a professor. So like, I mean, I'd spent five years of just like doing research and reading and all this other stuff, you know, and just like, you know, and, and all of a sudden, like, here I am in 2021. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, here we are and like you know like uh, it's been five years since i've graduated and now i have to like you know i mean i'm, I'm i've been preparing but like it's just yeah it, yeah it just takes a while you know like it just it, it just it, it it really does be i i you know because when you're in your mind so much like you just really don't you're not present and then you really don't have like a concept of the passage of time so like you're, it's like it's like when you're in your mind you're in like the fourth dimension essentially <laughs> you know like, yeah you're you exist outside of time yeah. yeah you figure out whatever you were there to figure out Mm -hmm. Just kind of wake up and it's like okay i time to uh move on to the next phase whatever that is yes. yeah that's... And 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 there's something about SI that like pulls us in, and makes us feel like really comfortable staying where we're at, um, the or the 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 F F I T I S I like 
there's a sense of comfort in just fantasizing and thinking about the idea. So that makes it even more like <laughs> difficult to get out of that and not like beware of time. Well, it's also all about knowledge. Like if you, if you don't expand your environment, I guess, so to speak, you're going to have more knowledge of whatever your current environment is. Mm. So there's that comfort too. Yeah. Knowing that you know everything there is to know about this already. Yes. Yes. That's so true. And like, and, and it's so funny. Cause like, that's why, like, that's why I was researching so much about grad school because like I'd made, I felt like I made a mistake going to law school and I was like, I'm not going to make this mistake again. So I'm going to research everything I know. So that way I don't, you know, so that way I know what's coming mm. up ahead. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It seems with extroverted intuition users, I noticed them talking a lot about the switch. So they'll talk about how they'll go down one career path or one move in their life or one mm. school path that they wanted to take. And then later they change their mind. And then later they are afraid that they're going to change their mind again and then change yep. their mind again. Yeah. Yep. I, I really think we're plagued with this switch thing. I was just watching on another channel, like an interview with an INFP. And she said that like, she went to school to like for healthcare services and she graduated and got a job, but it wasn't what she thought it was again, experience. So then she was like, I guess I don't want to do this. So then she went back to school to do something else. And then like, before completing her program, she got offered a job. And then so she took that job um, because she thought it would be better than what she was doing at school. And that didn't turn out correct. So then she went back to school. And I feel like this is just so typical of NE users or like NPs in general, or <laughs> but INPs definitely. You know, it's funny, like five years ago, I wouldn't have said this, but my life is really starting to look like that too. <laughs> because <laughs> like i i feel like i mean i don't know you like super well spacey but like just like to me the i don't know if you, are you still in the did you are, are you still doing the i don't know were you doing like welding or something like that i don't know i was like thought it was super random the job that you had doing some sort of something um, right now i'm i'm a maintenance mechanic at a factory that makes um it makes those plastic car parts that are chrome plated. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, see, like random. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm living in Michigan still, but I moved again. So really interesting with some IMPs because of the blind spot SE or the lower down SE. What will happen is they won't be the ones impacting reality. They'll be the ones receiving the impact of reality. So it's almost mm. like if. If the world takes you down the path, like for Spacey, of being, is it an electrical engineer? I don't know what you, I guess technically I am a maintenance technician. Yeah, so I noticed IMPs go down these really interesting job paths because it's kind of like they go with the wind. So if yeah. the wind <laughs> takes them Pretty much. to yeah. that job. Whatever pays the bills. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that really sounded like, I mean, that's not like exactly with the, the example I was just giving about the, the YouTube video I saw, she kind of just went wherever it took her. Like, oh, this job didn't work out. I guess I'll just drift wherever the wind takes me elsewhere, you know. So I I feel like my life kind of has oh, that you know. trajectory. doesn't matter where we go. The old thinker keeps on thunking. 
Yeah. Well, it's just sometimes it's hard. Like, I, I mean, my parents have been like better at it, but like sometimes it's hard having like STJ parents where they're like path. You know, there's like a strict path you're supposed to follow. But I'm like, but you know, I'm kind of like all over the place. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, so that can be difficult sometimes. I mean, I don't know. I feel like we're we're pretty focused on like growing psycho spiritually. Yes, thank you. Yeah, we, whatever, <laughs> whatever that involves. I mean, we don't really care much about every, anything else, and that often makes us, I think, look like bums. But uh, again, it's we're not. I guess we don't really care again exactly what job we end up having, or, or really, because that's not really what's important. Um, that's a really interesting point, Spacey, about how INTPs and INFPs will care more about exploring the metaphysical universe of ideas and. Mm-hmm. So the sensory position in life may take an after seat. Mm, and so exactly. it can cause different after effects. Yes, like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, like my, my dream has been like, um, like I wish that like I could be like one of the, uh, um, back before like, um, research was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know if industrialized is the correct word, but like back, like before um, research was like made, you know, professionalized, that's what I was looking for. Where like, you know, you like, if you want to do some sort of like intellectual research, you have to do it at a university, you have to get a degree and then you have to like stick within your discipline. Um, Like before, like thinkers, like whether that be, you know, David Hume or Aristotle or St. Thomas Aquinas, um, you know, or any of those other thinkers, like they, they, they were just, they just basically philosophized and like did whatever, you know, they liked, you know, and, and they didn't, they didn't have to worry about like getting a degree for it or like working a particular job. They were, they were the kind of the consummate like slash intellectuals, like, you know, David Hume was a historian slash economist slash philosopher slash, um, whatever else he was, you know? So like, um, same thing with Adam Smith. He was a moral philosopher and economist, uh, you know, or they called it political economy then. I mean, like, you know, so they just, uh, there was a dabbling in a lot of different areas and you didn't have to like, and you could just do that and you could make a living off of just being that. And I just wish that I could, I wish that you could still do that. That was a viable thing. That's what, that's what INPs are supposed to be. Basically, we're scholars and intellectuals and seers and shamans and whatever the fuck ethicists, you know, moral philosophers. But it's uh, you know nowadays, obviously, since we don't, you know, those aren't available to us anymore because those aren't jobs that provide anything of like material value yeah. necessarily, and so. Uh, you know, our skill set isn't really valued a lot of the time in the real world. No. So we just do the best we can with a normal job. That's why yeah. we're depressed all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. You'll find a lot of IMPs in random jobs you, you wouldn't expect them to be in because it's like, well, <laughs> the world just requires you to pick a random job. And then now it, it that that's why, like Christian said, you get a lot of depressed INFPs and INTPs. It's like, it's like, well, I don't know. Someone asked me why I have this job. It's like, well, it's like they told me that I had to get up in the morning and that I have bills to pay. That's why I have this job. What do you, 
<laughs> like I can't I can't live in this society no. like without doing something like that, you know. Yeah. So or otherwise I just trust me I would, I would not I would not pick that. I mean, I would not I would not do um like if I could do what you if I could do the like what academia allows you to do but without the academia part like i would totally like if because like most of those thinkers were autodidacts like they just were self-taught and you know they just fraternized with a lot of really smart people and that's how they learned or sometimes like you know they would just go to like you know um uh plato's um symposiums you know or symposia you know they just get a group of people and they would just you know so you just like learn from a person or something like that you wouldn't have to it wouldn't be it's not so formalized you know that's how i but, learned best I yeah would. yeah so but you know i this, this is the this is one of the hard things right like with like of like the the what you wish in your mind could be and like that rub that tension that rubbing up against like reality of what is mm -hmm. and like there's it's I, i've I struggled with that for a long time of like fighting it and resisting it. And so like the, mm -hmm. the, the, the challenge for INPs is finding a way to make peace with that, like to resolve the tension of like making a compromise between what, like what you envision in your mind and what you'd like to do and like practical everyday reality. Mm. Yeah. Would you consider yourselves eternal daydreamers? Yeah. Absolutely. I think Jesse Polar essentially makes life feel like a dream mm -hmm. all the time, kind of. Yeah. It really does. That, that's a good way to describe the perception that it lends somebody. Yeah. I like Michael Pierce's quote, um, what he, um, how he describes NE is, um, what does he say? Um, um, something like passive observation of the unreal. Like I feel like that's a really great description of yeah, pretty much yeah of, <laughs> of the real fog over the eyes sort of right right yeah. so that's why we have like this glassy look in our eyes because we're not really we're seeing beyond reality beyond se you know well well how what is how does that saying go it's like I've got two eyes for looking but one eye to see yeah ex <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly it. We use we use our seeing eye more than our looking eyes, and that's not necessarily a good thing all the time, though. That's no, <laughs> it causes it can cause a lot of problems. Yeah, what are the strengths of that? I mean, the strengths of it is that you get you get like a lot of information like on the screen in front of you all the time. I guess is how I would put it. Yeah, you know how valuable it is, or what you do with it, is a little you know is up to date, right. I guess. But yeah, I because I I feel like values are so you know obviously they're they're subjective and especially societal values. So like I mean, the benefit is that like you can see see things that other people maybe aren't seeing. You know, you can see potential or possibility, mm -hmm. but like, you know, not everybody might think that like the potential that you see is of any value or substance. Like it's more of like a personal thing for us. Or it may not actually be possible. Right. That's like, the, 
<laughs> that's yeah. the other thing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> exactly. A, you know, it's just maybe. Right. <laughs> exactly. Not a hundred percent on that. That is so cool. And so is it ever possible to take your INFP or INTP out of their eternal daydream state? Or yeah. are you just always in it? <laughs> I'm actually pretty good at getting out of it now but it's like i'm i'm in a state where i'm constantly just forced out of it to the point where i, I really i just had to suck it up and it's really exhausting but like i i basically turn it on and off when i need to you're either in, i'm in either an extroverted mode or i'm not and when i when i have it switched on i am constantly basically scanning everything around me all the time <laughs> mhm um, just, yeah. Adderall definitely helps. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Um, I think age helps also like therapy has helped me be more present. Um, age helps. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. Helps. Really? Exa exactly. Experience. Age usually lends experience. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, so those are like, yeah, so those are things that can help. Because otherwise, like, I, I, I've I, had so many times, I can't tell you how many times, where, like, I I start somewhere and I end up somewhere and I don't know how I ended up at the place. <laughs> where, like, there's a in-between that I'm like, wait, why did I come here? Where, what happened in between? Because, <laughs> like, I'm just not present. So, yeah, that's why, I like. like if, if something did happen, though, like, we would be there. Yeah, yeah, like for the important things, sure. That's happened to me like like where like as far as like not knowing or like like why did I end up here? Like sometimes like if I'm driving, well this was before I I, I was taking Adderall, but like sometimes like I would be driving and I would be so like kind of spaced out a little bit that like I I'll miss an exit or something like that. And I'm like, "Oh." Right, yeah, that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So, um, yeah, ex bottom line experience can help. Yeah. And I have an INFP friend who will, like, forget their items, forget their wallet in a store, forget their jacket in an Uber, forget their oh, stuff in very important places, and then <laughs> they lose it. Yeah. So there's an absent-mindedness to some NE users, like mm -hmm. extreme absent-mindedness. <laughs> The amount of things I've lost. That's why I'm so excited for the new Apple ta AirTag. It's a tracking, a little tracking device. <laughs> they just announced it, so <laughs> I need one of those. Um, I've gotten better, but like, man, when I was younger, like, I would lose everything. Mm -hmm. Oh God, yeah, it was terrible. I mean, I lose shit. Not again. It's not quite as bad as it used to be, but wow, yeah. It's hard to keep track of objects. It really is. Yeah, there's just definitely like a lack of object permanence. You know, like I think that's a really big problem for IMPs, especially ones who have ADHD. Um, like again, like the, there's this physical reality thing that's like of being SE blind, and it's just like objects do not seem to have a permanent space in reality. It's just like you know, one moment, like, it's there, and then if you lose, you know, focus on something else, oh, it doesn't exist anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so. Well, 
like physical things only exist for the purpose of satisfying, you know, abstract exercises. Such an INTP answer. It's so true, though. It's in service of us, not the other way around. But I would yeah. say, really, what SC, a lot of what SC Polar is to me now is it's just this. Uh, it's it's like a rubber band where as soon as you let go of it, it snaps back into this uh, never-ending loop of like post-processing that basically just looks to most people like just being spaced out, where we're just processing shit and making connections and whatever the hell happens. And uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's it, it takes a lot of force of will to keep the rubber band stretched into extroversion or whatever, and it's like a muscle that you have to work out. <laughs> Yeah, that's like a great analogy cuz like mm -hmm. I don't think like not maybe some people understand who are not INPs, but like like external reality is extremely over can be extremely overwhelming. Mm. Um and that's why I think like a lot of INPs probably also have HSP like hypersensitivity whatever the P is called. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it stands for um uh just or, or like or even like a, an auditory sensory processing uh disorder um th that like it's just like it, it's so overstimulating to the brain so like we have like so saying like we look spaced out because like we have to process all of that it's like so much information when i go to new york city um i've been four or five times like Manhattan, I'm exhausted after, th you know, three days. I mean, I'm already exhausted, like, after the first day. But, like, especially after three days, it's almost like I have to take a vacation from a vacation because there's so much, like, olfactory, auditory, <laughs> and visual stimulation that my brain cannot process it all at once. Like, it's extremely overwhelming. We All we can do is, like, dissociate from some of it until it's like a tolerable amount <laughs> yeah, <laughs> process yeah. the rest as fast as we can right yeah like, exactly yeah. it's insane yeah a lot of scientific studies show that introverts they have a lower sensory threshold with taking in new stimulus whereas extroverts have a higher threshold for taking in new stimulus of the external world and so it can cause this like overwhelm that introverts tend to some introverts tend to get from from just the outer world existing and putting onto it stimulus. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, what I want a lot of young INPs to know, I guess, is that that post-processing thing, which I guess is just your introverted judging mostly, that that happens even if you're not watching it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can you can go away and do something else. Yeah, it's always in the background. It's like it's like the water we swim in. Yeah, like it's basically yeah always there <laughs> mm -hmm. it's good for the people watching like to know that you know when your INP is spaced out they're not doing nothing they're actually doing a lot in their head they're actually processing a lot in their head yeah you just don't see it a lot's happening though <laughs> yes thank you well, they may not even be able to really verbalize or articulate it either yeah I mean I guess the TI helps with the articulation of it in most cases, but not always. Yeah. It's, it, it, again, that's like another thing that like 
you'd have to practice with like whether that's like you know reading a lot so you have more vocabulary and then trying to incorporate that in your language because otherwise like it's really hard to like um like articulate because the sometimes the stuff like the ideas in your head um or feelings for infps um no it's very you know it's very abstract sometimes there's not like language for it because it's like because it's not all like it's like sometimes like an amalgam of different things happening at the same time so right. it's like i don't know how to like describe like these kind of different these different ideas or feelings kind of like colliding with each other and then explain it to you in a way that you'd understand right exactly yeah and so thank you stacy and christian for coming on <laughs> And discussing yes. the SC blind spot in these two types. Yeah. It's really great to learn about how these types are in a like a constant state of daydreaming and coming up with these deep philosophical intellectual insights. These types have a really a really thought-provoking type of quality to them. And they're able to be in this intellectual space and have all these interesting conversation topics to bring up all the time. It's great, Spacey, how you're talking about being spaced out and your name's Spacey. It's very mm -hmm. fitting. And there's also space behind you too. So there's the <laughs> trifecta of space. Yeah, I really amped it up now. Yeah. <laughs> Making everything <laughs> on brand. <laughs> and Christian, it's nice to hear your passion with the topic of your SE blind spot. And whenever you talk about ADHD, you, you get into this passion zone too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seems like you like to advocate for mental health a lot or different diagnosis a lot. Yeah. I can see very that. much too. Very important to me. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to see those little wisps of the causes that you fight for in your day-to-day -day speech. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's nice to see you gunning towards your PhD and adding to the mm -hmm. literature and yeah, it'll be a great help to the world when you get that. Yeah. This is a brilliant conversation. Um, yeah, enjoyed talking to you both. Mm -hmm. Always a pleasure, Joyce. Yeah. Definitely. This was a tight video. Mm -hmm. Awesome. This is really fun. I'll see you all in the next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.